Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This episode is sponsored by Thrasher Coffee. Visit thrashercoffee.com for small batch roasted to order coffees and use coupon code MAGICALWOODENSPOON to save 10% on your order. I am Joe Darnell, and joining me today is a special guest. We have Mr. Mike Davis. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thank you, sir, for coming along. You know, you're out there in Ruston, Louisiana. What's it like there in that fair little town? Well, let's see. It's a, it's a beautiful day today. Going on in Ruston, we had spring football at Louisiana Tech. Nice. So uh, that's what that was the big event for the past weekend. It's a small town, a small college town, so most of the events are centered around something to do with the college. It's always fun to get involved. Well... Wanted to have you on, sir, because Eric Rauch, my regular host, had run into you at a coffee event. So why don't you tell us what you do and where you do it? All right. Well, first of all, thanks, Eric. I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed talking to him as, as well. That was a great event, and um, I was just glad to meet Eric and, and several other people there. I think he can probably attest to just what a great industry we're in in the specialty coffee realms. Uh, back to your question, my name is Mike Davis. I am the head roaster and owner of Railway Coffee here in Ruston, Louisiana. My wife, Jana, assists me in every way possible. This operation would not be possible without her, so I want to give her a shout out as well. So at, Rust, uh, at Railway Coffee, you've been running the operation now for how long and what's your coffee like? What's your, the, the business model? How do you deliver on the goods? So we've been in, in operation since December of 2014, so just a few months now. Um, and, and right now, what we do, we have three single-origin roasts available, and those are available online. For our local customers, we offer free local delivery, and, and people really enjoy that. It's also a way for us to get out and, and meet the people that are drinking our coffee. So that's, that's something that I enjoy doing. We offer shipping nationwide. So again, if people order online, they can get it shipped to them. We have a few people right now who are signed up for a subscription, and they vary on frequency. Some get their coffee once a week. Some get their coffee once every other week. That's especially fresh on the once a week. How do you keep up with that kind of routine? Well, I mean, like I'm just trying to imagine the the payment processing and keeping it in, into an orderly fashion. Do you routinely bring all of those orders in on Monday morning and and roast several you know pounds like that take you know three or four hours and you should get them all out uh, in one fell swoop? Yeah. So for example, the the one guy that I'm thinking of that he's on every week, he is very much into the specialty coffee. He's he's got it down to the gram. He requested like 250 grams a week. And at first, I was like, wow, this guy is, is very specific. I, I wasn't trying to make fun of him by any means, but it was like I, I'd never heard anyone request a specific amount of grams per week. He just knows how much he's going to consume. And exactly. All. <laughs> he's got it down to a science. So, in fact, I just finished roasting his beans about 30 minutes ago, 30 to 45 minutes ago. His beans get roasted and shipped every Tuesday. He gets them on Wednesday, so he gets his beans within a day of roasting. Mm. He seems to appreciate it so far. He's been with us for a couple of months now, and he seems to really enjoy the service. Wow. Now, over at the Railway Coffee, it's not a coffee house. You're solely at this time a craft roaster. That's right. And I was wondering, why did you choose to take your business in this direction? 
We've had several people ask, are you going to open a coffee shop, a coffee house? And, and that might be kind of the, the obvious progression for a coffee roaster. Uh, but we've chosen not to go that route, and there's a couple of reasons why. Number one, honestly, that's not something that we want to have the headache of, of managing a, a coffee house. And the long hours, the early hours, the late hours, managing the staff. It is a very different kind of business culture. When you can sure. see so you, you're... You're creating the thing and you have total control. And if you wanted to bring along someone alongside of you so that you could train them to do, uh, to produce the coffee in your very own way, then you could expand the business as a craft roaster. Mm -hmm. And you, but do you have a point there that a coffee house, you're handing over a lot of control to the baristas that day in and day out uh, fulfill, you know, on the product, and they have to think about a very different social dynamic in creating a, a an engaging environment, a, a place for people to you know, to lounge and be served drinks. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because that that is a very different business culture, and if you're not going for that, it makes total sense to restrict it to just the coffee roasting house. Mm-hmm. And then also the the second reason. Um, one of one of our first customers was the local coffee shop here in Ruston. Uh, we'll give them a shout out, Parish Press. Great people, great great environment. I've been a regular customer since they opened up. And in our early talks with him, we kind of felt each other out. You know, I was asking him if he ever had plans of roasting coffee himself, and he said no. And he turned that around and said, "Do you have plans of becoming a coffee shop?" So, and I said no. So we've kind of had this gentleman's agreement to not compete against each other, but instead to work together and help each other grow. And that's kind of reflective of the general small business environment here in Ruston. Uh, it's something that's that we're excited to be a part of now. So what tools of the trade are you using for the coffee house and how do you like them? What is your coffee roaster? What is the work environment like? Our roaster is actually designed and manufactured by Mill City Roasters in Minneapolis, and, and they don't manufacture them there in Minneapolis. They have they've outsourced their manufacturing, but um, the guys there have been very helpful, helping us get set up, helping us with technical questions about the roaster, helping us with roasting tips. But to back up a little bit, we actually started with a tiny countertop home roaster, and when I say tiny. Imagine like a tall glass that you would drink water out of. And we're talking <laughs> roasting about four ounces at a time. So, you know, in those early days and nights, and we still use it on occasion um, because we're honestly just now getting our roaster set up, our, our bigger one. You were roasting out of a mega gulp cup from the gas station. Yeah, right, right. So that made for some long nights. <laughs> or, your, or your popcorn maker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's basically the technology of it. And the reason we started with that is that starting out, we, it was more of an experiment. Like, can we do this? Can we roast good coffee? Can we market this coffee and, and have people pay us their money for it? The response has been great. We're growing very fast and, and just trying to keep up with, with the demand and, and the, the excitement. I don't think people realize how m- many eager coffee drinkers there are that are interested in locally roasted coffee. Let's see, it was 2012, I believe it was, when I started getting some craft coffee of my own. The coffee was not local. The best I could do at the time was uh, through a friend who got his coffee beans 
from friends I didn't know in Tennessee. So I was dependent on, well, these coffee beans were great. And I wanted to have a direct connection. And I felt like I was too far removed from the connection. So I was depending on my friend bringing the coffee from Tennessee every two weeks. And sometimes there would be delays and I'd be out of coffee at home. And it was a miserable experience. Mm-hmm. Having someone local makes a world of difference when you don't get onto a, a regular plan online with a good bit of craft roaster that can keep up with the thing. Mm-hmm. And, and But yeah, but having the local roaster is an ideal because you can go there, you know what you're going to expect. You can get it at the optimal freshness. You know, Mike, <laughs> right. you know what that's like. Oh yeah. You you probably roast it for yourself and you you're not going to take anything that isn't fresh. Absolutely. It's really nice to have a connection with a a local coffee roaster. Um that that's something that anyone who wants to take their coffee up a notch you can you yeah you you can make a good cup of coffee with something you got at the grocery store, but it's not going to be great coffee mm-hmm. <laughs> until you explore freshly roasted coffee, and you're not going to get freshly roasted coffee until you're willing to purchase coffee from a, a specialty craft roaster. That's right. So uh, I'm interested now. Y- you only got started recently, and your your business model is to. Supply the coffees to local coffee houses, which is really interesting because it's not all the coffee houses that are able to afford fresh beans. And so what do you feel like are going to be the milestones for railway coffee here in the next year? How do you see expanding and keeping up with the demand? A couple of ways. Number one, the location we're in right now is actually outside the city limits. And I've been in talks with the mayor and the, the, the city officials to help mold the city ordinances so that we can operate as a coffee roaster inside the city. Because the ideal location that we want to be is downtown. It's a small, quaint little downtown, but it, it's just it's booming with young entrepreneurs and small businesses, local products, local businesses. So that's where we want to be. So that's one of the things that's on our radar for the next within the next year or two at the most. Another thing, getting a bigger location would allow us to not only roast more coffee and serve more customers, whether it's coffee shops, specialty grocery stores, supermarket type grocery stores, restaurants, businesses, what have you. Um, it would also allow us to expand into some new uh, new products. I don't know if you've seen the kind of new trend of cold brew that's like pre-bottled in a glass bottle or either some some people put them in a in a can like a coke can aluminum can yes so that's something that i've looked at but i got shut down by by the health department because the building that we're in right now doesn't have enough separate rooms apparently in order to do cold brewing and then bottling you have to have your operations separated by walls and you have this done in this room and then the next step in the next room and and so that's something that we'd like to grow into to, to you know to expand our offerings. That, and now is the season to get on that. Oh, absolutely! Summertime. I mean, think about you walk in and you open up the the refrigerated merchandise case, and you've got the cold air that blows out on you, and you grab a cold glass bottle of cold brew coffee. Mm-hmm. To me, that that sounds fantastic, and I I hate that we can't do it right now, but. Well, we live in the South, so we can appreciate it more than most. <laughs> right. 
we're mm-hmm. especially uh, humid here in, in Georgia and in your region too, I would imagine as well. Mm-hmm. So it's usually a stifling outdoor condition by like 11 a.m. in the morning once you hit May. Yep. And, it, you know, what am I complaining about? Th- these are first world problems. It, it, it's it's nice, though, to have a refreshing cold coffee uh, versus the hot stuff all day. And it's it's a little bit fiddly to make the cold brew coffee for yourself if you want to do it well so that it tastes right. Mm-hmm. I just released an article on topbrew.fm earlier this week about how to make your own home-brewed cold brew. It takes a while, right? Because you have to wait for the coffee grounds, the flavors to fuse with the water overnight or for 8 or 12, 12 15 hours, some say. Mm-hmm. I, I've tried it different ways, experimented. I, I do use the French press. I get some good results, but it's just – it's one of the fiddliest just because it takes overnight to get the stuff to be ready. So having something, in, as you're describing, sounds like an excellent product. I think so, too. I mean, I know I would buy it. Mm. So hopefully we can make that happen soon. We'll uh, take just a second now to talk about our sponsor for the week. And you know who it is. It is Thrasher Coffee. I'm especially grateful for the continual support of Top Brew and the website. Uh, Thrasher is a small batch roaster of high-quality, responsibly sourced coffee. They don't roast until you order so that you can be assured the beans you brew are as fresh as you can get them without roasting them yourself. Thrasher sources beans from around the world, and every bag is a full 16-ounce pound. That's 13%, uh, sorry, 30% more coffee than most other coffee roasters pack, so it's definitely more bean for your buck. Thrasher doesn't roast for supermarkets. They roast exclusively for you. So that's whoever you are out there listening to the podcast. They are thinking about you. I know they are. Their original craft roasts are designed for discerning coffee lovers. And the only way to ensure you're brewing the freshest coffee every day is with a coffee subscription. You can purchase Thrasher coffee by the pound as much as you like, or get extraordinarily fresh beans automatically delivered to your door every two weeks or once a month. Plan prices start at just $17.99 per pound, and shipping is always a flat rate of $5. Choose your roast, then choose your frequency. Thrasher always treats top brew listeners like the beautiful coffee home brewers that y'all are. You'll always get 10% off on your first purchase with coupon code MAGICALWOODENSPOON at checkout. That's all run together as one phrase. Magical Wooden Spoon. So my thanks again to Thrasher Coffee for supporting Top Brew, which is this podcast and the website. So, Mike, I I sure hope you can expand your coffee product lineup to include the cold brew. And if not this year, as soon as you can get it, so I can add those as stocking stuffers uh, (laughs) this this, uh, holiday season. Absolutely. I wanted to talk a little bit more now about your personal tastes, what you dig when you make your own cup of coffee. What's your favorite single origin or your favorite blend? What do you go for as a staple? Well, I'm going to um, do a, a little plug here. You know, I was, I was thinking about that. What is my favorite single origin? And honestly, it's, it's one that we make here at Railway, what we call Smokestack. It's an Indian bean called Indian Monsoon Malabar. And it's kind of a unique bean in the way that it's processed. Um, when the farmers harvest the beans, they, they put the beans in, in these warehouses during monsoon season. And the monsoons come through and the beans soak in the moisture from the monsoon, maybe a little bit directly, but mostly 
indirectly, and and that gives them a very unique taste. <laughs> and we roast that one. We push it for you coffee nerds out there. We push it just to the beginning of the second crack, so it's on the lighter side of dark. When we first started roasting it, people weren't really that into it. I wasn't that into it. Um, and I don't know if maybe the first few batches were just not as good as they are now, but but that's become my favorite single origin. It is a great cup of coffee, and it's it's quickly become our most popular. I know I have, if if any of our current customers are listening, they're nodding their heads right now because person after person just tells me, you know, Smokestack is the the most enjoyable coffee experience I've had, or it's just <laughs> the 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 best coffee I've ever had. Whatever you you name it. But then you also have some people that that would would prefer to go with some lighter roasts, and that's fine too. But for my personal favorite, that's what I go for is that Smokestack. My favorite is in general the category of medium dark roasts. So that sounds right up my alley. I'm going to have to check that out and probably pick some up on the website today. Mm-hmm. Now, in addition to the smokestack and other products, is there any other coffee roasts that you're working on at present that excite you? Any new additions, seasonal roasts or anything like that you're thinking about? We are in the early stages of working on an espresso blend. And then also we're going to work on a signature blend. Now, what do you mean by a signature? Is that like the house blend? Yeah, yeah. That would be our house blend. Um, <laughs> I just call it signature. I, I feel like that sounds cooler to me. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then another thing I'm excited about, I guess I'm allowed to say this. I'll go ahead and say it. And, and if I get in trouble, so be it. Um, one thing that we've talked with Parish Press about doing is working with, with them to, to create a private label that would be exclusive to Parish Press. So that's just one example of, of how we plan to work together with them. And and when that's created, you know, then if somebody wants that that blend or that something in that private label series, they're going to have to go to Parish Press. We're not even going to sell it on our website. So I'm really pumped about that um, to figure out what their customers like and and to be able to to really sit down and, and design a coffee, you know, based on the input we get from from those customers. Interesting. Do you think that at that point, would there be a bagged Parish Press coffee there to be sold in the store people could take take home? Yeah, that, I think that was his main goal is to, okay. to have that as a, as a product available there. Excellent. Now, what are you using for your own coffee brewing setup? We talk about these in the Top Brew uh, series of brew rituals. Mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting to see how people brew their own coffee and see what kind of tools they use at home. Uh, you know, what people are interested in is how individuals' tastes, needs, and resources will influence the end results in our drinks. Looking to your coffee setup may reveal something to us that improves ours. How do you make your own coffee at home? What kind of tools do you swear by? Do you uh, fiddle with an espresso machine or do you stick with some kind of pour-over device? Well, I, I have two go-to tools. If I have enough time, my absolute favorite right now is the Chemex. Um, I prefer the clean, smooth cup over the more bold, flavorful, sometimes more sediment involved in the French press. But but if if I don't have enough time to do the Chemex, then uh, the French press is a close second. And I try to make it where I don't have as much sediment you know, like to compare it to orange juice, I would probably be a low, a low pulp kind of guy as opposed to a medium or a high pulp kind of guy. But those are my, the, those are my main two. 
with the Chemex being number one for sure. I do get pretty fussy with it. I know uh, I've listened to you guys talk about fussy coffee drinkers. So I have my scale. I, I measure out my beans. I use uh, I use 42 grams of, of whole beans. And, and usually when I'm making it, I'm making it for two people, myself and my wife. So that, that makes just enough for us to have pretty much like a, a mug and a half each. And that, that pretty much uh, sets us up for the morning. How much was the water? I, I missed that. Oh, I'm sorry. It was 30 ounces of water. Okay. So 42 grams of, of whole coffee beans, 30 ounces of water. I, I get the water boiling. I have, a, I have one of those gooseneck kettles. I use one too. The one with the temperature gauge on the base. I don't have that one. I need to go ahead and, and upgrade to that because I, I know it would make it a lot easier. It is a great investment. That's that's my setup. Um, and it, it does take a little bit longer. I mean, you, you talked about trade-offs earlier. That's just one of the, the trade-offs I'm willing to make is trade off a little bit of that time it takes in order to get a, a better cup in the end. And what do you do for your grinder? And wh- how, where did you start? And wh- how do you feel about you know the differences between blade grinders and burr grinders today? Honestly, I, I use a burr grinder. I've never used a blade grinder, so I can't really speak to the differences there. Um, the burr grinder that I have, it's a Baratza, whatever their base model is. I can't remember the name. I think it's an Encore. Mm. Now, I, I do I do notice that if I try to go super fine maybe for an espresso or something like that, um, it can tend to, to get kind of clogged. For example, for the Chemex, I, I go right down the middle. I, I set it on 20. The grind settings go from 1 to 40. So for the Chemex, I set it right in the middle on 20. Uh, for the French press, I set it on 30. On those settings there, I have no problem grinding the beans I need to go. Even, even if I'm going to grind a, a full bag for somebody, it doesn't take that long to just push it through that grinder. So, oh, so at some at times you'll actually grind the bag for folks who need that uh, convenience. Yeah, you know one one thing that I, I love about being in this specialty coffee industry, you do have a lot of people who who already know specialty coffee and appreciate specialty coffee, and they they light up when they hear that hey, we have a specialty coffee roaster here in Ruston. Uh, but then you also have people that have never heard like, what do you mean specialty coffee? And they're not going to have a coffee, uh, a grinder or even a pour over. So we, we offer that kind of as a service, you know, whoever wants to buy our coffee, if you want it ground, we'll grind it for you. And they understand that it's not going to be as fresh as it could be if they were to purchase a grinder and, and do it themselves. But that's just one way we try to reach as as many people as we can. And it will make a difference to their coffees as long as it is sure. fresher. It's not going to be the uh, the most flavorful journey in their cup of coffee, but it's going to beat anything that they could pick up at the grocer. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a um, local bread company here called Great Harvest, and I love Great Harvest. I, I go in there. They treat you to a sample of whatever is fresh today, and you can put on some <laughs> great-looking butter. I, I, I don't know if it's grass-fed butter or not, but it's delicious. And then you got the jams and jellies. They, they, you know, they've won me over before I buy anything, and I would buy everything on the menu. But, they, but anything that they've made – it is startling how much of a difference buying the fresh loaf of bread makes versus buying just a standard loaf of uh, sliced sandwich bread in the bre- the bread aisle at Kroger. 
You know, you get that because it's incredibly practical and convenient. You take it home and you make the PBJs for your kids and they take that to school for lunch. But at the same time, it, it, the trade-off is, is that you've made something incredibly convenient that's very basic. It, it is bread. It provides the, the essential nutrition. It has a flavor to it. So if you toast that bread from Kroger, you're going to get something out of it. But it's not anything like the fresh taste of the Great Harvest Bread. They're not a sponsor, but if they want to sponsor the show, that's fine by me. <laughs> uh, I, I just think that uh, the same is tr- very true about uh, something like a, a freshly baked pizza or uh, a, f- a fresh cup of coffee. Uh, you know, when I say fresh, I mean like, you know, brewed in the last 15 to 20 minutes. And the same is also true about the, the coffee beans and the coffee grounds, you, you, you can get by with the ground, the pre-ground coffee. And if that's what you need, excellent. We would be glad to serve it to you that way. There's nothing wrong. There's no shame. Hey, I do buy the, the Kroger bag of bread, but, but I, I don't buy it for the best experience with, with bread. I buy it for its uh, practicality reasons when that's the need that arises. We're not snobby coffee drinkers. We've addressed that previously on the show. And I, I appreciate your bold move that you're willing to make the ground uh, coffee beans. And I understand there's there's a, sort of a, a, a fine balance there. We're, we're treading. We're, we're trying to give people the best coffee experience. And it feels like if you're honest with yourself, you're like, oh, I made, I made you extraordinary beans. And now I know you're going to take them home and they're not going to be as fresh. Oh, and you're going to use an electric drip. You're killing me. You know, <laughs> you want to, you know, sometimes it depends on the situation. You want to refuse the sell <laughs> to the customer, but you know, you got to be a bigger person than that. You know, you got to let them make the choices for themselves. And you've done your job. You've introduced them to railway coffee. And one of these days it's going to be railway coffee or bust when they, when they do have some extraordinary freshly uh, brewed coffee from railway. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, it's, I, I admire that you're, you, you keep an open minded and you're willing to give them what they ask. You serve them well. Well, thanks for that. It's a, it's not easy. <laughs> I, tell, <laughs> I tell you what, you know, it's easy as a craftsman, as a, as a creative type, you want people to take it a certain special way. You want to be mm-hmm. finicky about it and you have to fight that urge to, you know, boss people around mm-hmm. and uh, tell them it's, it's your way of the highway. It's your way or the jump off the train. <laughs> Now, back to questions about you, sir. What would you like to do if you could take your coffee station at home anywhere? Would you, you what kind of espresso machine would you invest in? Or, you know, would you get that temperature gauged kettle? What would you do? How would you elaborate it? Let's see. I would probably start with the temperature gauged kettle. Um, The more I've read recently about, you know, the the water temperature and then the ratio of water to, to coffee, I know that being more precise with that is going to make an even better cup. So I'm very interested to to try that method. And I don't have an espresso machine right now, and I'd really like to to get one. Uh, that reminds me of uh, a customer of mine right now. He has this super fancy machine in his office at work. It's like it's probably like a three three or four thousand dollar machine, but he leases it for like thirty dollars a month. It is, it's a fascinating thing, and, and I'd like to describe it if I could just a minute. Um, it's got a, a coffee bean storage tank on the back, uh, kind of like a hopper. But So you put the beans in there, and it's got like a kind of a rubber gasket that, that seals it up. 
So you're storing them in a, in a pretty air, airtight container. On the front, you've got your buttons. It'll make espresso, cappuccino, ristretto, or just a regular coffee. And then, like on the inside, on the bottom, there's this tray where your coffee puck is dispensed into. And you don't have to clean it out right away. It'll, it's, it's pretty deep. It'll hold probably at least a few days' worth of coffee pucks before you have to throw it away. I actually delivered to him last week or the week before, and he was showing me. He made me a little cup of coffee, and you know, I had to stop and say, golly, that's, that's really good. That's maybe even better than what I just made at home in, in the Chemex. It was just such a, a beautiful machine, but then so functional. The way, the way he kind of described it was it's the convenience of a Keurig with the quality of, of a high-end espresso machine or, or even a, a high-end pour-over station. You know, that, that was the quality of the, of the, mm. of the, of the cup. Nice. So uh, I was very impressed. So maybe I would add something like that um, to where I would have some variety at my fingertips. But I, still, even still with that, I would never go away from the, the Chemex and the French press because there's something about just spending the time to – to grind the beans and to to measure out the beans, to measure out the water, to uh, check the temperature of the water, all that, all that stuff that we've been talking about. There's something about it when you drink that cu- that cup. It's that much more satisfying knowing that, especially since I know I roasted the beans. You know, I was I created that cup from from the roast all the way through the brewing process to to drinking it, and it's it's, it's very very satisfying. So even if I do add these fancy machines, I'll probably never go away from the uh, the hand brewed methods. So last question for you, Mr. Davis. I, I know that we all have a special bond with a coffee cup. Mm-hmm. I certainly do. And my wife does as well. Hers is this huge, I think it holds like 20 ounces and it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's white and on the side of it, it has Daffy Duck on it. Who's um, look like, it looks like he's had a little bit too much caffeine. Is there anything unique about your favorite mug? My favorite mug? I, I think I have two right now. Um, one is... It's one of those short, really wide mugs. I don't, it, it probably holds at least 14 or 16 ounces. Number one, I like having more coffee in there than the regular mug. But <laughs> number two, it's just it's a good, sturdy mug. I don't know. It's, a, it's big. It's got a wide base. You know, I do, I do reach for that mug. Even if I had it the day before, I'll reach for that one over any other mug in the cabinet. My close second is, is one of those... I guess you'd call it a typical uh, diner style mug with the it's the ceramic with the thick walls and the, just the traditional mug shape, thick handle. Yeah, I have one of those. That one's really good too. I like that one. I'm enjoying that one a lot right now. Very nice. Well, thank you, Mr. Mike, for joining us for Top Brew episode 14. Where would you like people to find Railway Coffee and what you're about on the internet? Well, yeah, they can find us several different ways. Uh, railwaycoffee.com, that's our website. You can find us on Twitter, twitter.com slash railwaycoffee, facebook.com slash railwaycoffeerustin. We also have Instagram, uh, just search railwaycoffee. My wife, Jana, is our photographer. I think she does a great job of showing what coffee we're making, uh, where we're going, like she, she put some pictures of that conference in New Orleans. Excellent. I noticed that you can get to a Instagram profile from a desktop, and it's something that most people overlook. Let me see if you go to Instagram.com slash Railway Coffee. That's where you'll find their profile, and you can start following them at your convenience. <laughs> I really enjoy the pictures here. You got some interesting illustrations, sir. <laughs> well, thank you. 
And so thanks for joining us for this special interview of the Top Brew podcast. You will find the show notes at topbrew.fm slash 14. So anything we discussed today that we've referenced that you would like to check out on the internet, you'll find a link to it there. If you would like to keep up to date, follow us on Twitter at topbrew.fm. Find us on facebook.com slash topbrew.fm. And if you are a barista, a roaster, some coffee enthusiast of some sort with an opinion about coffee that you would like to share or you'd like to share your brewing ritual, then please email me about getting an interview on another episode of Top Brew. Send that to joe at topbrew.fm. We want audience participation, as they say, and the listeners want to hear more people that care about coffee and relish it as much as they do. And I want to give a special thanks to this episode's sponsor, Thrasher Coffee, to show your support of this podcast. Enjoy Thrasher Coffee and let them know that we sent you. Use coupon code MAGICALWOODENSPOON to get 10% off of the first order. And I am Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to Top Brew. Top Brew.